You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Good morning, good morning, or good afternoon, whatever the case may be, and welcome. We're here live with Dr. Jeff Werber for the next 30 minutes here on Pet Life Radio's only live call-in show, Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. And, of course, we're here for you. We're here to answer your questions. We're here to talk pets, anything you want to talk about. You can get a hold of us very easily. A couple of cool ways right now. Number one, the simplest is the phone call, 877-385-8882. Once again, 877-385-8882. If you are happen to be sitting in front of your computer, log on to Pet Life Radios, click on the Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff tab, and you can go ahead and join in on our conversation. And lastly, if you do that, go online. Our good producer, Mark Winter, has added a link to Google Hangouts, and you can join us live. You can actually be right here and uh, click on that Google Hangouts link. You can log in, and then we can actually, you can not only we can see you, but we can see your pet. So if you have your pet right there, we can check your pet out as well. If you have any questions, something that your veterinarian uh, wants to do, did, doesn't do, you're not sure about where you should go based on information you have, now's your chance to get free advice here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. Uh, once again, I want to thank our sponsors, ProSense Pet Products, Kong Veterinary Products, great stuff, and two new sponsors joining us. One is the company that brings us Comfortis and Trifexis, that's Elenco Lily. And lastly, as we had a guest last week, if you were lucky enough to join us, uh, my friend Chance White with Save This Life Microchip. It's really a great microchip because it's not just a microchip, not just ID, but it allows the the finder to talk to the pet owner via their phone and has a location finders via the phone. So it's kind of like creating a GPS through the phones as opposed to a in the chip itself, which cannot, of course, be implanted. The only GPSs available, at least now, are things that they wear on a collar. So um, it's really a great thing. If you already have your pet microchip, which is great, you can still register with Save This Life for 20 bucks, one-time fee forever, and uh, it's a great added bonus in addition to the regular registry you have. So, uh, you know, a couple of things. First of all, I, I always like to peruse the news and, um, you know, a couple of uh, cute stories. First of all, um, you know, there's been an outbreak, I'm sure you've heard, two influenza viruses, the H3N2 for dogs and the avian influenza virus. They are both gaining popularity. We've had many, many cases in the Midwest. It's now spreading. This is the canine influenza virus. Now, the one that we had a few years ago, which calls the H3N8, and the H3N8, it never really rose to the proportions that we had expected it to, which is a good thing. And, you know, we, I had tested many dogs that came in for respiratory problems. Unfortunately, none of them had the virus. However, this new one, the H3N2, is a much more virulent virus. It causes much more sickness as far as the respiratory problems in the dogs. And also, it can be fatal. So just keep an eye on that. They're trying to see or come up with new vaccines. The old vaccine that had come out a few years ago does not seem to necessarily cross-protect. So researchers are working on a new vaccine. But meanwhile, keep in mind that that virus is out there. Now, the avian influenza virus, we've seen a rise in that as well. So researchers at the University of Minnesota basically were looking at where the majority, where the bulk of these cases are coming from. And they are doing some epidemiologic studies. And they found something really interesting, that many of the cases are within several hundred miles of turkey barns. And what they're realizing is that when they are 
tilling the land around these turkey barns. They are aerosolizing the avian influenza virus, which is now hitting up in the air and traveling. So birds in any near vicinity to these turkey barns are getting infected. So it's amazing. So it's sort of like we, man, duh, creating the problem. Not that we shouldn't till the land, but uh, that is one of the things that's happening. And that was, uh, that's, I think it's very interesting and fascinating at the same time. So again, now that researchers are more aware, scientists, veterinarians are more aware of what happens. They're trying to maybe do something first to the land before they till it or prepare any bird owners in vicinities of turkey barns to uh, make sure that they are protected. Next, many of you may have heard this story or read the story. This is kind of funny. Apparently, a, well, first of all, it happened to a 99-year-old woman. So certainly right there, a 99-year-old woman, is, as they say, uh, it's amazing. that uh, Anyway, so 99-year-old woman is in bed in Florida, and she is awakened by something cuddling up next to her in bed. No, not her late husband. It was a kinkajou. Now, a kinkajou, they're kind of cute. They really are. Some people keep them as pets. They usually don't bite unless they're really cornered or frightened. They're pretty sweet. Even though they kind of look like New World monkeys, they're, they're really actually in the raccoon family. And some guy in her neighborhood owned this kinkajou. As I'm sure you know, in Florida, a lot of people sleep with their windows open. It's very hot and muggy. So uh, here, this little kinkajou, got out and ended up in this woman's house and not just in the woman's house, but on the woman's bed. So you can imagine waking up to a strange looking animal that you've probably never seen before. And I can only imagine what one would be thinking about when they are awakened by this creature from a deep sleep. So anyway, fortunately, this 99 year old woman is still alive. The fear didn't get to her, but uh, that's kind of funny. Another thing that we, we we know for a long time that people and pets share a lot of conditions, a lot of diseases. For example, we have something in dogs called cognitive dysfunction syndrome. It's called CDS. And what CDS, cognitive dysfunction syndrome, is sort of like a person who is getting Alzheimer's. There are diseases that we see in dogs that are obsessive compulsive disorders. Birds even get obsessive compulsive disorders. We know that something like a lick granuloma might be because of obsessive compulsive disorder. So what we're seeing is that a lot of these many diseases that we have, there are analogous diseases in people. So a study is being done where they are enrolling pets. It's called the Darwin Dog Project. What they're doing is they're enrolling pets and studying pets through thousands of dogs, for example, and looking at their genetic makeup, their DNA, and seeing if they can find certain similarities or links to the same DNA, same problems that we're seeing in people with the same diseases. In other words, using dogs to not only learn more about dogs, but also to learn more about people. And it seems like the transmission of genetics, of the genes, and the nature of the defects or the changes in the DNA are somewhat similar in both. So that is uh, actually pretty helpful because, again, often animals are used to research before the research is done on people. Occasionally, we're lucky enough to learn from people more about animals. For example, we've known of the, the human AIDS, the HIV virus, and now we know that cats have the FIV virus. But we were successful, veterinarians were successful in creating an effective vaccine against the feline leukemia virus, which is also what we call an RNA virus. The very nature of the virus 
it prevents the formation of a vaccine because it's, it has an immunosuppressive effect. So by giving a vaccine or giving the virus, even in an attenuated form, could actually cause immunosuppression. Well, when you're using with a vaccine, when you're relying on a vaccine to afford protection, you want a good immune system. So yet researchers have been able to do it. And it just might happen that the veterinary vaccine that we come up with for FIV, feline immunodeficiency virus, might actually help on the human side. So uh, that's pretty cool. So here they're doing genetic studies on both to learn more about human diseases via the same conditions affecting our pets, or especially our dogs. Anyway, one of the things that I always like to come up with a topic, and I had, interestingly, in my practice, we've had three cases in the last several weeks of animals presenting with a condition, which I'm going to save for in a minute, get to you. And it's interesting because we always talk about when we see these diseases, there are a few reasons that we, things that we look for to explain this condition. And yes, the condition is very common. In low amounts, when the condition is not that serious, there are dozens of reasons. But when it gets severe, it really narrows down to three or four problems. Interestingly, in the last few weeks, I've had one of each, which is kind of weird. It's sort of like, you know, these things that they say bad things happen in threes. So uh, this is one of them. So the condition we're going to be talking about, and we're approaching break time. So we're going to talk about it as soon as we come out of our break, but it is anemia. Anemia is a low red blood cell count. And there are a number of reasons, a number of conditions that will predispose pets or cause anemia in our pets. And um, we're going to talk about them when we come back. So don't go away. Stay tuned here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. We'll be back after these short words. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. This is my tired of itching face. Does your dog suffer from persistent itching and scratching? Allergies and skin irritations caused by environment, including pollens, insects, especially fleas, food and common household allergens are common problems in dogs. It's easy to alleviate your dog's discomfort at home with ProSense. ProSense itch and allergy products provide fast relief from symptoms like itchy, irritated skin, skin infections like hot spots and watery eyes. ProSense products are veterinary formulated and recommended to ensure the very best for your pet. Try ProSense today. Your dog will thank you for it. Pets love life. Love them back with ProSense. Nature at its best is nature at its simplest. At Red Barn, we've kept it simple for 20 years by concentrating on single-ingredient natural dog treats. Because Mother Nature's actually pretty good at this. Bones are just tasty bones. Meat treats are just nourishing meat. It's nature at its simplest. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Natural Treats. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Try our slow-roasted natural meaty bones. Begging to hear more of your favorite show? Full episodes of all our shows are available on demand. Go to PetLifeRadio.com to fetch our entire lineup of possum pet podcasts. Also, dig us up in iHeartRadio Talk and iTunes. Let's talk pets. Live and on demand only from Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome back. You are here live with Dr. Jeff Werber, your host here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. 
Um, we just were coming back out of the break. We went through some uh, news things. I, I like reading some of these news pieces. We get them from the American Veterinary Medical Association, the American Animal Hospital Association, a couple of websites, um, just things involving animals. And I think they're pretty cool. It's good things, good things for you to know about. Anyway, to get into a little science, a little medicine, I know that's sometimes why you're listening to me anyway, to help you out here. A common condition affecting our pets is something called anemia. Anemia basically means low red blood cell count. What's the big deal? Why are we so concerned? Well, simply that the oxygen-carrying pigment called hemoglobin is in our red blood cells. So what happens? You can only imagine the cascade of events that could happen when the body isn't getting enough oxygen. So when with a low red cell count, that means we have low oxygen being delivered to the important tissues of the body, including the brain and the liver and the kidneys and the heart, of course. So, ah, you know, it's amazing. We know how amazing the body is and the body likes to compensate for deficiencies. It doesn't necessarily look for our help. It thinks it has to do it itself. So you can picture a dog or a cat, for example, that is anemic. So they're not getting enough oxygen to their tissues. So the first things that happen, their organs and tissues are suffering from what we call a hypoxemia, low oxygen, not getting enough oxygen. Well, you can only imagine, here's the heart. Now, the heart knows its job is to pump blood, okay? So with low oxygen, the lungs are saying, oops, we got to work harder. We're not delivering enough oxygen. They were doing just fine. It was the blood, the low blood count that was the problem, but they don't know that. Lungs don't know. The heart doesn't know that. So they start you see these animals trying to breathe more heavily, take fuller breaths, sometimes even get you know a little anxious because of it. Then there's the heart. The heart is saying to itself, whoops, I'm not pumping hard enough because we're not getting enough oxygen. So the heart thinks that it has to compensate by overworking. And what happens is, of course, the more that it overworks, the more problems are going to ensue. So why does anemia happen in the first place? So there are a number of reasons for anemia. One of the more common, if we, anyone here has older pets, is just age. If there's a, your pet has any kind of chronic disease, we have an anemia called ACD, anemia of chronic disease. And one of the chronic diseases that is really the source of anemias are the kidneys. Why? Because the kidneys secrete a hormone called erythropoietin. Erythropoietin signals and stimulates the bone marrow to put out more blood, red blood cells. Well, as the kidneys are failing, as the kidneys are diseased, they are putting out less erythropoietin, and therefore the bone marrow is not getting this necessary signal to release more, to create and release more red blood cells. So that's one of the biggies. So we know that, for example, when we see these old cats that are suffering from kidney disease, which, by the way, is probably one of the most common diseases of old cats, these cats are going to present with anemia. Now, these are the chronic anemias. And what that, that means is if you look at a blood test, your veterinarian can tell you whether the body is responding properly or not. And usually, usually when we have anemias that are chronic, the other parameters that we look at, the size of the red cell, the color of the red cell, whether this red cell has a nucleus still or not, are all signals to us as to are we dealing with a chronic problem or something more acute, okay? So... When we have a what we call a responsive anemia, that's where we have everything is working properly, but we're getting a blood loss. And blood loss is going to come from two areas. Now, we just talked about the anemias where, where the bone marrow is not producing enough red blood cells. There are two diseases typically, 
that can cause blood loss in severe numbers. There are some blood parasites that we see. Many of you may have had cats that had hemobartonella felis. It's a mycoplasma-type disease that will cause anemia. It sort of slowly eats up the blood cells. But I'm talking more of a rapid blood loss where your dog was fine two days ago or three days ago, and now the dog or cat is very weak, very lethargic. You lift up their gums and they're white, okay? No energy. Or you might see some bruising along the body. You can see like what we call ecchymosis, which is like black and blue marks. We might see petechiation. Petechiation is where we see little red polka dots, whether on the skin, on the gums, inside the ears, etc. These are all signals that we have a problem. So when we're looking at blood loss, when it's fairly rapid, we call acute blood loss, that is often, A, because of injury. I mean, really a bad injury, like being hit by a car and the spleen or liver, right, being ruptured or a major vessel being torn. And for these dogs, when they're bleeding or cats, when they're bleeding out like that, not only are they weak and depressed, lethargic, they don't want to eat, their gums are white, but if you look at them, their bellies are getting really big. And they're getting big because they're bleeding inside their abdomens. This, friends, is a medical emergency. This is not a wait and see. This is, oops, we have to get my pet to the vet, ASAP. And what we can do is we can put an ultrasound probe on. We see fluid pockets. We stick a needle into fluid pockets, and there's blood. That is an immediate indication to explore. Bleeding in the belly is an, an indication to explore unless there are some, there are some uh, exceptions, of course. For example, one might be when you look at that ultrasound probe, and you see major tumors all over the liver, okay? And you know your dog is already 13 years old, and you say, you know what? We cannot fix this. It's time. But if, however, the liver looks clean, and we can't really see anything else, maybe we see a huge mass around the spleen, then we open up. Why? Because we know that the spleens have three conditions that could cause bleeding fairly acutely. Number one is a splenic tumor, that we call hemangiosarcoma. Number two is a non-malignant tumor called hemangioma. And number three is just a splenic hematoma. It's like a huge blood blister that opens. And the second and third are totally curable, totally curable. Now, certainly, you don't always know that until you open up. So you have to open up. Sometimes we have to transfuse. We can do some auto-transfusion. But the faster we can stop the bleeding, the better. And how? Do, one thing we know about these animals that are bleeding is the bleeding is very regenerative. And there are certain clues. We see a lot of reticulocytes. Those are like baby red cells. They're the precursors of the red cells. We see, still see red cells with nuclei. So that tells you they haven't matured completely. They're sometimes larger and they're often fainter in color because they're larger. So these, this is what we see when we are looking and say, ah, we have a what we call regenerative anemia. The body is doing its job. It's helping us. It's keeping your pet alive while we're trying to figure out what's going on. Of course, if the biopsy on that spleen comes back, hemangiosarcoma, uh, that's not a good prognosis, but it buys us a considerable amount of time and can be treated to a point. But ultimately, it's probably in these conditions, the hemangiosarcomas are very aggressive. They metastasize to liver and lungs. Oftentimes, we'll open up, see the splenic mass. It looks ugly. And then we inspect the liver, and we already see masses in the liver, liver small enough they did not show up on the ultrasound. That's when you have a discussion with your veterinarian before surgery and come up with a game plan. What should we do if? What do you want us to do? 
what should we do if you open up and there's already disease on the liver? And this is where you have to look into yourselves. You have to look at the pet's age. You have to look at all these factors because there's really no way to help that. Uh, you know the process has already begun. Next up is going to be problems with a condition where the body starts attacking itself. We call it immune-mediated hemolytic anemia or autoimmune hemolytic anemia, so AIHA or IMHA. And this is where all of a sudden the body sees its own red cells as a foreign invader and starts to attack them and literally pulls them out of circulation. Again, this could be deadly. We had a case, as I said, just recently this week. It's important to jump on these. They have to be medicated with immunosuppressive drugs, whether it's going to be something called azathioprine or Imuran, whether it's going to be prednisone, whether it's going to be cyclophosphamide, cytoxin. There are drugs that can be used to stop the animal from attacking itself. And then there are also transfusions are often necessary, but understand this is why we're often hesitant to just immediately transfuse because when we transfuse and give more red cells for the body to attack, it just has more to attack. So sometimes we have a limit as to how low we'll allow the blood cell count to go before we say, you know what, we really do need to transfuse. So um, this is a condition that can be treated, can be cured. And often animals that have AIHA or IMHA will have relapses, but at least we know what we're dealing with and these animals can be helped. So understand that when you, your pets are diagnosed with anemia, there's more work to be done. The two of them are emergent. Two of them are emergencies. That is the bleeding into the belly and the hemolytic anemia. These are causes for acute onset of anemias and they're very aggressive and very rapid and we need to work fast. The most of the other causes of anemias are slow, possibly progressive, and these are the ones that we have some time for workups, diagnostics, blood testing, whether it's looking for blood parasites in the case of cats with hemobartonella or ehrlichia, which is a tick-borne disease. They're all tick-borne diseases that could cause anemias. So these are things that we have to work with your veterinarian and come up with a diagnosis and treat accordingly. Uh, anemia of chronic disease, old age, unfortunately, there's not a lot that can be done. Sometimes a stimulant can be given to the dog injectably to stimulate the bone marrow to produce red cells, but it's something that's going to have to be done probably forever because the body is no longer able to do it by itself. Anyway, if you have any questions about this, please, you can get a hold of me, drjeff at petliferadio.com. I'll be happy to answer your questions to help you through this. I know it's very frightening if it's happening to your pet. When you don't have a lot of information, you really don't know what direction to go. You can pick my brain as much as you like. Anyway, thanks for joining me here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets. I will see you next week, next Sunday. Um, and thanks again to our sponsors from Alenco Lily to ProSense and Kong Veterinary Products and Save This Life Microchip. And I was glad to be here. See you next week. Have a great week, everybody. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.